Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us tonight to the book of Psalms. As uh, I tried to, to seek, I thought I knew what to do and, or which way to go, and God laid on my heart something else, and so I'm going to try to just give you what he's given to me. Um, often when uh, the word comes, it, it, it doesn't just come to you, but it also comes to me first. Often cutting and helping and strengthening and challenging. Um, so I pray the word of God would have its effect in our heart tonight. Um, I'm going to read in, in two different places or at least uh, we'll reference the second one. I'll read the first one and then we'll get to the uh, next psalm. But I want you to know where it's at so you can be prepared. Psalms 27 is where we'll start tonight. And then uh, we're going to reference uh, uh, quite descriptively Psalms chapter 40. So Psalms 27 is where we'll begin. And then uh, we'll go into Psalms 40. I'm going to begin at verse number 13, only read two verses. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Father, we ask you tonight for your help. We've come as earnest as we know how, not claiming to have mastered this this challenge of waiting, but seeking your help. Help us to be honest as a church, as individuals, to see ourselves as you see us, to see ourselves either absent or full of faith. We pray your forgiveness, Lord. We just seek it tonight as we recognize that we've missed the mark, that we've come short. Thank you for what you're going to do, what you're going to say. We receive it and welcome it as we ask for your help in sharing. Guide us now as we pray all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, patience is a virtue, they say. Um, I'm not certain that, um, well, I am certain that virtuous things are obtained. You're not born with them. So if patience is a virtue, then certainly it's something that must be learned. The only way to learn patience is to experience. Uh, The Bible teaches that, that experience worketh that patience and patience hope. I'm grateful tonight that the hope that we have, often we had to wait for. There are some things in life that are instant and um, we, we often are spoiled by the times when God does answer our prayers instantly. But more than not, we find the reason that Jesus insisted that they they be faithful in prayer is because God doesn't answer our every whim and petition immediately. And thank God for it. If uh, it occurred that way, we would simply treat God, and I know human nature, so don't deny it. If we received of God every minute or every second we prayed a prayer, the exact same thing that we prayed for, then God would simply become our, our genie in a bottle or our magic wand. And so it's not that way. I believe that prayer is something that must be engaged in as a battle, a warfare, something that your enemy does not want you to do, but your master requires you to do. 
It's something that is contrary to the nature of the flesh. To truly become prayerful, fervent in one's prayer, we have to get to the place that our bodies are under subjection, that we yield ourselves unto the Holy Spirit and its bidding, and often we find ourselves in the most unusual circumstance. It's not in a high and a haughty prayer that you'll find God, but it's often prostrate, laid out before God, crying out unto him, God, help me. That's when we begin to see the power of prayer working in our souls, and those Prayers often don't come with answers immediately. It comes with a hope. It comes with a with a heart that believes and a faith uh, that trusts in Him. But brother, we have to be consistent in our prayers to God. Jesus would say it this way: Pray, pray. He told those that were His disciples to continue instant in prayer. The Apostle Paul would say, pray without ceasing. You and I have a responsibility to pray. Jesus gave the parable or or the story that time of the woman who sought of an earthly judge the revenge or the recompense for her need. And because she would not stop asking, (laughs) the earthly judge granted her request. And Jesus told you and I that we should pray like that, that we would always be praying, be seeking of God these things. We find here in the book of Psalms, the uh, the psalmist David, as he begins to share with us his heart and his honest psalms to each and every one of us, we find this truth. He said, I would have fainted if it had not been for that hope I had in my heart. I would have fainted. I would have long given up if there hadn't been something inside me that was greater. If if God had not already revealed his goodness in my life and the hope of goodness that was yet to come. May I say to you today, the hope that we have as the believers in Jesus Christ, it's real and it's sustaining today. And we would have all had fainted by now if it was not for the hope we have in Christ. I want you to know that I have hope today. I have a hope that is unextinguishable. You cannot put out that flame ultimately. And yet I must confess as a human being that there are times when it seems like that hope grows dim. There are times when it is hard for me to stand and to smile. It is hard sometimes to stand and to be, uh, 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 to show a good faith and to live as if there are no problems and there are no cares. May I say to you today, I'm not any different than anyone else. I would have fainted had it not been for God. I contend that we cannot make it today without him. The person today that thinks they can make it on their own will soon fall. There is none that has the power, the ability, the intellect, or the encouragement to endure the things of this world unaffected. Friend, if you need something today, I can assure you it will not come from the temporal, but must come from the eternal. What our soul needs is not more of the world, but more of God. I'd have fainted had it not been for the hope I have in Christ. For the hope in the one that never fails, the one that has never, never left me. The hope that I have in the one who over and over and over has rescued and redeemed me. And the psalmist in this particular passage of scripture, there's a purpose for having two different texts. In this particular psalm, it's as if David was sharing his heart. He was sharing the times when his heart had become low and when when he had been under the weight of that pressure and under the place where he didn't know whether God was going to come through and yet believed in the goodness of God. And so he said, I wait on the Lord. I waited on the Lord. I had fainted unless I had believed But verse 14, he said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Look at the next statement. He said, wait, I say, on the Lord. 
I don't know how many among us have truly the great virtue of patience and waiting is never a struggle. But there are times when the hardest thing that I have to go through is the waiting. The waiting on God to do what we've asked him to do. Now there's times that we we simply don't know the will of God. And in those things we don't necessarily have to just wait, although we do wait. But, but in the things where we don't know which way he's going to answer, we simply don't know whether to wait or not wait. But there are things that we pray for that we know the will of God to be there. We know that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. There's no question in my mind that when I weep for a soul that is in danger of hell, that I am in alignment with God, that I am in one mind and in one accord with the master. He loves them more than I ever could, and he wants them to be saved. There's no question about that. But then there is the waiting. There's the waiting, and often in me, there is a wondering, God, are you doing something? God, are you working now? God, can I believe that you're going to do this, that you are doing this? And when we cannot see it in the flesh, we must wait. The psalmist, the psalmist, Above everyone else had learned this truth. The importance of waiting on the Lord as he ran from King Saul, ran for his life, already having been anointed king of Israel, and yet he had to wait on God to do what God was going to do. And here we find that through this he learned the invaluable truth that when it comes to the things of God, there is a right, there is a way, there is, there is a purpose that God is working in our lives and in the lives of others. And the, uh, the psalmist would say, wait, I say on the Lord, wait on him. Listen, if we're going to wait on anything, we need to wait on God. Oh, how this culture today has been, has been changed, desensitized. We've been, we've been simply stripped of patience today. Anybody that has to wait more than two minutes for anything is suddenly enraged. <laughs> we can't wait for anything. And we've been trained by the, the changes in technology and all of the different things that we are able to enjoy today. Rather than enjoy them, they become burdens to us because suddenly we're no longer able to wait. You realize that people used to have to walk to church. What takes us three, four minutes would take them an hour or more. And they did it without complaining or grumbling. David would say, wait, I say, on the Lord. No wonder today how many of us have recognized in our own lives an important need for patience an ability to wait on God to do what God is going to do. And so um, I, I don't have a, a magic bullet here tonight, but I do have the word of God. So I'm going to share with you what David shared with us. Uh, the one thing I know about patience is that it doesn't come from a book. Patience is something you have to get by experience. It's something that has to be experienced. You can't ask it from me and I give it to you. Patience is something that you have to learn. And that comes through those experiences of life that put you to the test. You may be in one of those tests tonight. You may be that person who is struggling with something, with unanswered prayers, struggling, trying to understand what it is that God's doing. And you know, there's sometimes that God doesn't share his will with me. He doesn't share what he's doing with me, but he does require that I continue to believe in him, that I trust in him. And that's what David said. He said, had I not believed in the goodness of God, I'd have never been able to wait for him. I'd have fainted long before now. Most of you are here today because you did not faint, but you trusted God in spite of not knowing what was next. When the doctor gave you that terrible prognosis, instead of fainting and giving up on God, you just hoped. And you waited. 
and the waiting seemed like at times it was unbearable and the waiting was the torment and the waiting was the seemingly in our own heart the problem. But what we can't see while we wait is that the Spirit of God is working in us, tempering our heart and ensuring us in the faith that we can trust in Him. That's what the psalmist was trying to get them to see is that you can trust God. It's worth the wait. You can wait. You can with patience wait because God can be trusted. We all have prayers and concerns and worries and doubts and fears and troubles and burdens. No one in this room is exempt from any of those things and and, and it ebbs and it flows. Some days are good and others are, are harder. But without Christ, we would have all fainted already. I want to encourage you tonight. What the, what the psalmist David said was, be of good courage. Or in other words, be encouraged. Be filled with courage today in those things that you cannot see, but those things that you have trusted under God through the petitions of your heart. You can be of good courage today as you wait on the Lord. And I don't know ultimately how to encourage your soul, but I want you to know that the word of God is said to be of good courage. The word of God is it has called us to be of a courage, a willingness, a boldness that in our prayers we know that God hears us. Amen. If you're a child of God today, your father hears us. We know his voice and he knows us. And we as his sheep can depend on the shepherd today. He cannot fail. We could go through the room and over and over there would be testimonies of how God has delivered time and time again, sometimes in a week, sometimes in a month, sometimes a year, and sometimes many years. But God can be trusted for his goodness never fails. Now to those who believe these to be simply platitudes to build someone up, listen, I'm trying to make certain we start this thing out the right way. We'd all had fainted had it not been for the belief in Christ and his goodness. I'm not suggesting to you today that any one of us is better than the other. What I am saying is that for you that bear underneath the burdens and for those that come alongside and have just come through the burdens, may I say to you today, there is a value in having waited on God. There is a working in our soul that he is able to produce and manufacture in us a a faith that has been tested, a belief in Christ that has been strengthened because we have been tempered by the fires of our burdens and we believe and know as we wait on God And we've seen it come to pass. Now, I thought of several things to say. Uh, It seemed that there was just so many examples in the word of God. Abraham should have waited, but he didn't. And he ended up with a great deal of problems because he didn't wait on God. God had made him a promise. And Abraham got anxious and took matters in his own hands and ended up with a great deal of trouble. Uh, Jacob ended up having to wait 14 years before he could ever get loose of Laban. But when he finally got out of there, he set his mind to it and he went back to Bethel and he met God and wrestled with him all night until he blessed him. I don't know about you, but there's something about waiting that seems to make the victory more sweet. If we receive the answer to our prayers or the answer to our problems every instant that we prayed it, we'd never understand the power of the prayer nor the immediacy of the problem. We'd never value the the greatness of God's salvation and refuge and deliverance if all we did was just snap our fingers and things were well. And yet we're made to learn and to know that in the hard things of life we must endure as we wait patiently upon the one who never fails. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Be of good courage. Now, the psalmist David is not truly, or or at least in this particular chapter, he didn't go into the detail and tell you what's going to happen if you'll wait on God. But he does in chapter 40. In chapter 27, he 
He gives us the, the command. He gives us the direction. And he reminds us that if we'll just wait on God, that his goodness will be revealed. That God will, ultimately, God will come through and he will be perfect in what he did. But as I studied this this afternoon, it seemed evident in my soul that I was a bit more impatient than I should be. Uh, I had more questions than I did answers at the end of verse 14. And that's when the Holy Spirit directed me to chapter 40. Turn with us to chapter 40. I want you to see what the psalmist David said. Now we have a different perspective. In verse 27, he was saying what you need to do what, what I have to learn to do is to wait on the Lord and be of good courage to believe in God knowing that he will come through. In chapter 40, he is looking at it in past tense and he is now telling us, I, I engaged in the waiting. I did what I told you to do. I, I observed the very thing God was asking me to do. And in this, I found God to come through. And let's see what he said. Look with us, chapter 40 of Psalms, verse number one. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And look what he said. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Now, let me say this to every believer that's here tonight. Listen to me, child of God. You have a promise in that when we humbly call on God, he hears our prayers. Amen. What he said, friend, what the Bible teaches us is that he is listening for you and I. He hears you and I with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He said he would in no wise cast us out. The Lord hears your prayer. Amen. Uh, that excites me there is that God listens for my cry. Oh, that God would listen to me at all. But bless his holy name when he hears us when we pray. The Bible said he inclines his ear to us. He hears us. David said, I waited. He said, let me tell you what happened when I learned to wait on God. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he said, let me say, he inclined his ear unto me. He heard me. May I say to you today, that must sustain you. If I don't tell you anything else, that has to be good enough. You say, how can it be good enough? I need to know what God's going to do. May I say, you can't know some things. You can't know until those things come to pass. You may not experience it until you see him ultimately bring you to the top of the mountain and you then are able to look back and see the goodness of God. But it must suffice your heart and mind to know that he heard my prayer, that he heard me. The reason that he heard me is because he inclined to me. He wants to hear me. That, my friend, must sustain us at the very heart of what we go through is to know that he has inclined his ear and hears me. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's good just to know that he heard me. Now, I know he can do anything. I know he can do anything. There are times that my faith is weak. There are times that I'm in that battle of unbelief. As the man who had brought his son to the Lord and said, help my unbelief. We sometimes find ourselves in that valley where doubt begins to swell. And it creates a darkness between us and the light of God. But all oh, at the end of the day, I want you to know that you can be of good courage because when you come of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, here is a promise that I can guarantee you that he hears your prayer. And that, friend, will give you courage that your God has heard your prayer. How so? Because he loves you. Amen. He loves you. If he's heard our prayer, we know that he loves us. We know that all things that, that all things work together for good. 
to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Listen, the promises of God are not engaged simply because I believe, but they're there because he said them. And for you and I today, the greatest of miracles is that he does hear me. He hears you. Right? Isn't that the struggle you have? Isn't that the hard place in your heart? It's when what you're really thinking, it's not whether a God can do it, but you want to know, have you heard me? Have you heard my cry? Oh, this is where it must, this is where the foundation of our hearts This is where we have to win this battle is to know that God hears our prayers. The only thing that separates us from God is sin. Isaiah in chapter 59 would say that his ear ear ain't ain't too heavy that he can't hear. And his hand is not shortened that he cannot reach down. Isaiah said the problem is not God. The problem, he said, is that your sins have separated you from God. But if sin, if we have dealt with sin, if we have been honest with sin, and we have been forgiven of our sin, friend, we have an advocate with the Father. Bless his holy name. I've got one that dwells with me. He come into my heart when I was nine years old. He ain't ever left me. And according to the word of God, he makes intercession for my soul with groanings which cannot be a, oh, bless God. There's one that hears me and he knows. He knows my heart. Oh, bless his name. The battle is won in that simple knowing that Christ has heard my prayer. I love that old song we sing that says, I know he heard my prayer. I know he heard my prayer. Oh, thank God. I may not have seen the answer to my prayer. Now, I'm I'm trying to, I've, I've got more to share, right? Psalms 40 is full. But I want you to know today that the battle is won The battle is won when we accept and believe in truth that he has heard my prayer. Because if he's heard it, it's going to be all right. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to make it. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's perfect. You needn't ask the pastor for advice. I'm trying to figure it out myself. But I know this. If Jesus knows about it, it's going to be all right. Because he said that I'm in his hand. And there ain't anybody able to pluck me out of his hand. Let's look at what the psalmist said. Amen. He said, he brought me up out of a miry pit. A horrible pit and out of the miry clay. I want you to know that when God hears our cry, he is able to do what nobody else is able to do. When you are stuck in the mud and you can't get out of it and it seems that all is lost, when the Lord hears your prayer, he can help you. How many times has he helped you? Rescued you? Pulled you out of that that place where you didn't think there was no rescue from, where it was so dark you didn't know whether you were coming or going. Oh, to God to know that he heard my prayer. Brother, he can lift you up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. You see, God is able to do anything. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing that is impossible to God. But as he heard you, Oh, if your heart's right with God, if, there's, if sin hadn't separated you from the fellowship and communion of God tonight, friend, he hears your prayer. He hears your prayer. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. Oh, evidently the cry of David was to be rescued. 
The cry from the heart of David at this particular time was for refuge, to be delivered. And here we hear the psalmist crying unto God. He said, he heard my cry. He heard me when in despair I cried out unto God. He heard me. You say, David, how do you know that he heard you? Oh, thanks be unto God. I know when he hears me. How you know, preacher, there's something, friend, that is unique between the believer. I've got something in me that is the third part of the Godhead. And when I cry out, the Spirit of God makes intercession for me. It bears witness not only on this earth, but it bears witness in heaven. And it is the link between God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit that abides within me. God hears my prayer. I waited for him patiently, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He heard my cry. What was you crying for, David? He said, I was down there in that horrible pit. I was in the miry clay and I couldn't get out. I was in the sinking sand, the quicksand of this world. And every time that I tried to move, it seemed that I just got deeper and deeper into the despair of this life. You don't have to confess it now, but I want you to know, as a child of God today, there are times when it seems like every move you make, you sink deeper. But I want you to know there's one that hears your cry. He knows your heart. He is not, friend, there's one out there that does not care, but he loves you. You say, how do you know he loves me? Because he sent his son to die in your place. Brother, that love is the greatest love that could ever be known no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friend he loves you tonight you say does God really hear my prayer oh I don't know how many times that I've been saved from the despair of this world and God hadn't even answered the prayer yet I know what I'm talking about. I've been saved by the despair of the burdens and the hard things of this world. I'm talking about delivered before he ever answered the actual prayer. You say, how do you know? How can you know? Because he heard it. Because he heard it. And brother, he is for me, not against me. He is my defender. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. Brother, he is everything to me. When we pray, we know that he hears us. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He said he lifted me up out of the horrible pit. You know, a pit in those days, they rounded that thing and when you was thrown in it, there wasn't no ladder to come back out. You were stuck. That's where old Joseph found himself. In the pit. He was in prison. He was in a tomb waiting. Because what you know when you're in the pit is that unless someone comes to help, you can't be saved. He said he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Not only did he rescue me, (laughs) not only did he rescue me from the the immediate danger that I was in, but the, the psalmist said, I want you to see, I want you to hear what I've learned in this. He said, when he picked me up out of there, he set me on some ground that was silent. (laughs) Sometimes as children, what we need is our Father to take us by the hand and just lift us up to some higher ground. Set us on something solid that don't move no more. 
Take away, amen, the, the obscurity of this world. Take away all of the things of this life that cloud our view of him. He just sometimes needs to take us by the hand and lift us out of the pit and set us on something that is solid. He said he established my goings. He said it's going to be all right. I've got you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set your course. David said I had to wait for that. I had to wait for that, Greg. But for David, it was years. It was years before he would see the answer to some of these prayers. But I believe what he learned in the cave and what he learned in the fields and what he learned in the hiding spots that he could get refuge from King Saul and his men, what he learned was is that God had heard him. God had heard him. All the times when we don't know what God is doing. Listen, I want to encourage you tonight that the battle ain't won with knowing the answer. The battle is won when you know he heard you. The Bible said as Daniel prayed, had sought God. It went on for 21 days. He fasted. He waited on God. 21 days he had prayed and fasted and had called on God and had sought an answer from God. And so not, not one time had he heard anything. But oh, what Daniel would say to us tonight is the same thing that David said, that when I cried, he heard me. He inclined. He, you see, he had learned that. He had learned that. I'm not telling you tonight as a young Christian, you know what I'm talking about. That as an older Christian, you figure this part out. He heard you on the first day. That was Daniel's testimony. The Bible said on the 21st day, as Daniel was praying, that he saw a vision. He saw him. He was walking across the river. Amen. Walking on it, by the way. He began to describe what it was his eyes could see and it matches up to what John the Revelator looked in heaven and saw. He was seeing the Christ as he come walking. He was there. And the Bible said when he got to him, the first thing he wanted him to know, the first thing he wanted him to know was that I heard you on the first day. That's where the battle's won is on the first day. When we in our hearts do as Psalms 27 said, and we believe had we had obtained it if we had not believed in the goodness of our God. We believe in the goodness of the God we serve. And therefore know that once he has heard our prayers, that we can safely trust him to answer our prayers, amen, according to his divine purpose and will. He knows just exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Listen, you'll not ever get into a place and shouldn't where you stop praying. We should always pray. We should always make our petition unto God. But brother, if you're going to make it and not faint, you're going to have to believe on day one that he heard you, that he can hear you, I'll tell you right now, there ain't nothing more hopeless than talking and nobody listening. That'll take you down. You'll faint in a hurry. But oh, I've got somebody listening. I've got somebody. He told old Daniel, he said, hey, he said, I've been a little tied up. He said, but I want you to know. (laughs) Ain't that something? Daniel hadn't prayed for that. He said, I just want you to know that I heard you the first day. You may be on day number 22 and you may be losing hope. I just want to take you back to day number one and say your hope ain't based on how many days are out there or when he answers your prayer. Your hope is that he heard you. And as long as he heard me, Amen. I've got all that I need right there because my heavenly father, amen, bless God. If he'll bless the bird, he'll bless me. If he takes care of the little bird, he'll take care of me. Amen. If he clothes the the, the flower in the field, bless God, he'll clothe me. He said, take no thought to what you're going to eat or drink or where you're going to live or what you're going to wear. He said, your heavenly father has knows what you have need of. 
Said he loves you more than a little bird. He loves you more than a bird. I tell you right now, we ought to live more victorious than we do. Amen. But our problem is is we're looking for the answer out there. Amen. We don't know when it's going to come. And we let that obscure our good heart for God when all what we really need is to know that he heard our prayer. And he'll answer it in his good time. Oh, my. I have to go here. You know I have. I've got to. The Bible said when old Lazarus died, amen, they sent word to Jesus. Huh? The Bible said he knew the condition of Lazarus before Lazarus ever died. And yet, specifically, the word of God says, yet he tarried. Didn't go. I just want to ask you when he knew he knew on day one. Huh? When they sent word, that's when he knew. Now, they didn't get their answer. That just makes me want to shout. They didn't get their answer. As a matter of fact, Jesus tarried for three more days. And then he said, now, we're going to go and see Lazarus. And they said, well, he said, if Lazarus, we're going to go see him, he must be all right. He said, Lazarus sleepeth. They said, well, if he sleeps, he's okay. He said, no, listen to me. He said, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. Boy, he had them all messed up. Yeah. Lazarus is dead. He walked into Bethany. They said, Jesus is here. Martha jumped up from out there. You know what's the first thing she said? She said, Lord, if you'd have been here, Lazarus would not have died. You know what she didn't know, Mike? That he heard it on day one. Hey, man, what seems late to you ain't late to him. It never has been. Thank God he don't have one of mine. He's got his own, and he works to his own divine will and purpose. And what he's doing right now, you may not understand, but I beg your heart tonight to believe this, that if Martha had known, that Jesus had heard the first day, she might have had more hope. What she, what she believed was that he didn't know and that he was late. Had she known he did know and on purpose had not come, she would have then been able to take hope in the goodness of God that the psalmist was writing about. When he said, I'd have fainted if it hadn't have been believing in the goodness of God. David said, I waited patiently and he inclined unto me and heard my cry and he lifted me up out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and he set my feet, he said, upon a solid rock and he established my goings. Now, you got to put yourself in David's shoes for just a minute to really appreciate what he was saying. David had run for his life. Twice, David had the opportunity to kill Saul in his sleep. And he would not. Even one of David's the second time, even one of David's men, that mighty men that was with him, he said, look, if you'll just let me, he said, I'll strike him once, not twice. He'll not know what hit him. We'll solve this right now, David. Just let me. David told his his mighty son, he said, nuh-uh. He said, not on my watch. We will not touch the Lord's anointed. He said, I can't explain to you why God ain't put me there and took him out. He said, but if he ain't, that's his purpose and not mine. And I'm going to wait for God to do it the right way. And he did. He said he lifted me up out of the horrible pit in the miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock and established my goings. You know, that's one thing David just wanted. He he was tired of running. He was tired of not knowing from one day to the next whether he'd have to fight or act mad or or, or be in the hand of the enemy to get some bread to, to feed his men. But he said, I waited, and he said, God heard me. God heard me. He lifted me up out of that horrible pit and 
miry clay that I just couldn't get out of myself. And he set my feet on a solid rock, <clears throat> unshakable, unmovable. He established my goings. Look what he said in verse number three. And he said he had to put a new song in my mouth. Look at me tonight. Listen, child of God, I know there are times when you're going to get down. There are going to be times when you can't look me in the eye and be honest about your heart. There are times when the despair of this world will try to overwhelm your soul. You say, how do you know that? Because I'm just like you are. What I am trying to say tonight is that we need to be of good courage because the battle is not won when we get the answer. The battle is won when we pray the prayer because once he hears the prayer, it's in the hands of an almighty God that can do all things and will do them well. David had experienced this not once, but many times, and was able now in Psalms 40 to write a declaration that when we incline our heart to God, he will incline his to us. And that when he does that, he said, here's what you can count on. He'll lift you up out of that horrible pitch in. You can write her down. He'll lift you up out of the miry clay. He will set your feet on a solid rock. He will establish your goings. And he said, guess what? He will put a new song in your heart. Anybody know he was a songwriter? You know what I think David loved about as much as anything? A new song. A new song. I believe what he loved. That's the thing about singers, songwriters. They could have wrote a thousand good songs, but they loved that new one. You know what the new song is? It's hope. The new song is about tomorrow. The new song is about the sun that's still shining. <laughs> you ever put a new song in your heart? Yeah. I'm getting one right now. He put a new song in my mouth. I believe that's what old David longed for. When he was destitute and in the wilderness and just scraping and, and starving and trying to get by while all this madness was going on. He didn't understand it. He didn't know what God was doing. He had no idea that Saul and Jonathan would die on the same day by their own sword. He had no idea how God was going to work all that out. But that ain't when he found his hope. He found his hope in that day one. He knelt before him. And he said, God, I can't do this. You're going to have to help me. And he said, I'd have fainted if I hadn't believed in him. It's too late to tell me now he ain't real. It's too late to tell me he ain't good. It's too late to tell me he don't love me. Brother, he loves me tonight. And when I tell him my heart, he hears me. He hears me. And that's where my hope comes from. It's not in the answer, you see, because ultimately, Paul, I may not get what I asked for in what I, he may give me what he thought best, which, by the way, would be best. So see, my hope ain't necessarily getting the exact answer that I'd prayed for. My hope is in that he heard my prayer, that he will answer it according to his goodness. That's what he said, wasn't it? He said, I'd have fainted if I hadn't believed in the goodness of the Lord. Right? That, that when I prayed, that I knew he heard me. And because he's good... He'll do what's best for me. He lifted me up out of the horrible pit. In Psalms 40, he was able to write that new song. He was able to pen that new song. And he was able to sing it this way. I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. 
And he lifted me up out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a solid rock. Can you hear him singing it? And he established my goings and he has put a new song in my heart. A new song. You know what? I think sometimes what, what the children of God needs just a new song. Yeah. A new song. He said he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God and many shall see it. And fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. That sounded like a man that was despondent and desperate of hope. Sounds like a man that had been delivered. Been delivered. Come get us all. The Bible teaches us that our heart can't be trusted. Our heart is is wicked by nature. But there is one we can trust. And sometimes we just need to be reminded. And I believe that's what the psalmist was doing in those two psalms in particular. Was he was just reminding us that that all we got to do is to lay it in his hands. And when we've done that, we can be assured that it's going to be all right. That our God knows best. And he's able to do what we can't even fathom or understand he's able to do. I'd have fainted had it not been from the belief in the goodness of God to know that he's good. He, he's, not, he's not in any way. Can't be evil. Not good. But God is good. I'm going to encourage us tonight as we, as we just sing a verse of a song to, in retrospect, just look at yourself. And just, let's just try to back up for a minute. Do you have prayers? I know you do, because I got them too. Have you got burdens? We all do. Is there things that keep you awake at night? Probably so. But I want to give you some encouragement tonight. The battle's not out there. The battle's won right now. When you believe that he has heard your prayer. And you won't faint because in that faith you will find that God is good. Because we know that God is good. When we pray, that's when we win the battle. When we lay it into the hands of God. We'll trust him with the answer. I don't even know what the right answers are, but he does. As we stand and sing, if you're here tonight, you'd like to pray Come pray. If you got a fear, if you got a doubt, if there's worry, if there's concern, if you want to lay it in the hand of God right now and just say, you hear me, you know my heart, now's a good time to do it. Let's win the battle tonight. Let's let him win by just believing and knowing that he's heard our prayer. Come pray with us.